I'm Erica Lynn, and we all know the ocean is the most demanding environment on Earth, consistently testing the reliability and durability of our equipment. When you spend as much time fishing as I do, you know that reliable gear is essential for staying on the water. This is why I went with Abyss Battery to power my trolling motor, electronics, and outboard. The guys at Abyss Battery are rattling the saltwater industry by manufacturing performance marine batteries specifically designed for sonar, outboards, trolling motors, and electronic fishing reels. They're also Bluetooth compatible, so I found Checking battery statuses right on your phone while you're out on the water is a huge game changer. To learn more about why Abyss batteries are used by the pros and factory installed by Premier Boat Builders, visit AbyssBattery.com. Can you say the letter C? All right, welcome back. This week's CC Hunt Files episode. Got a good one lined up for you. Big old late season whitetail hit the dirt. Got my good buddy Landon Thomas on. It's going to be a fun one. Um, Just give you a quick rundown here. Um, First week of January, shout out to the sponsors that are going to be back on this year's podcast, making it go round. Got Grizzly Coolers, code WCB, Black Ovis, WCB10, code there. Shout out to Hunter's Box Club and our good buddy Devin Leonard. Um, I know he's got some really cool shirts coming down the pipes here for the next couple uh, months with the box. That's going to be exciting. Um, oh, sister companies there to Black Ovis. We got Crispy and Camo Fire. Make sure you're checking them out. They always have some really good deals there on Camo Fire at the beginning of the new year and whatnot. Crispy's got some new boots that's going to be coming out here soon that I've got to look at that are really kick ass. And then also we've got Novix um, tree stands that still have that big giveaway going on in What's really cool is this is basically like a giving back, um, not really just a giveaway, but we're giving back to somebody in need. So they've got two package, both total combined over 11,000 in prizes, including a rifle hunting package and an archery package. Um, the ultimate rifle package, Browning X-Bolt, ultimate archery package, Matthews phase four. So, I mean, both those packages, we're going to give them to somebody in need, someone that really, truly, um, not just a random person or, or a random, hey, tag somebody on Instagram, you know, tag our company on Instagram and we'll randomly draw you. But someone that's actually maybe been through hard times or maybe just been through a struggle here for, you know, the last couple years or, or it just someone who really, truly is in need. Um, lift their spirits up. You know, it's right after the holiday season. Um, we're going to run this through January 6th. I believe January 6th is whenever they are going to end this and pick a winner and um, you can nominate someone at novixoutdoors.com again that's nominate someone at novixoutdoors.com really really cool want to encourage all of you to go out there's a few days left um, it won't take you long to fill out the form um, to get somebody nominated but just super cool thing that novix is doing to give back again that's two packages ultimate rifle package and the ultimate archery package novixoutdoors.com and nominate somebody that you feel could be the one that we need to be the winners actually be two of them that could be the winners um again people that uh you know randomly are going to be selected and we'll feel like we're really giving back so super cool thing that they've got going on um really cool giveaway something different and uh yeah man we're stoked to be a part of it here at wcb so again that's novixoutdoors.com where you can nominate somebody and we are going to run that through january 6th With that being said, let's get to the episode on this week's edition of CC Hunt Files. CC Hunt Files. All right, so this week, CC Hunt Files, we are in the first week of the new year, 2023, and I'm hoping that's going to grant me a buck that is, God, I'd take a buck that's 15 inches smaller probably than the buck that we're going to talk about here in a second from uh, my main man on the other line but hopefully all you guys had a good and happy holiday new year we are pushing forward here in this first week it's about 60 degrees here in ohio i'm hoping that uh, my guest is going to rub uh, rub some luck 
through his earphone or mic or whatever the hell he's got and it comes my way and and then I can um, follow in his footsteps so uh, with that being said I got the one the only the big buck slayer from the Buckeye state my home state the uh, worst deer hunting state out there for anyone who's listening and wants to come hunt Ohio don't do it Landon the man Thomas how you doing my man oh I'm hey I'm doing great I'm here to learn how to kill um, a mature buck because I'm struggling to even find one. So I figure if I have you on, this still leaves me a couple weeks left in season. Um, I can hopefully figure out what to do to find one and then get one killed. And anyone else listening that still has a coveted Ohio or an Iowa or whatever buck tag, uh, maybe Eric will listen to this because if not, he's going to eat the chip and shoot fire out of his ass. So we'll see. uh <laughs> We'll see what happens, but we're really all hoping you're going to give us a golden nugget here today. Not to put pressure on you, Landon, but uh, that's that. Well, that's quite a bit of pressure. I don't know that I'm giving you any golden nuggets, but I uh, I was able to finally figure it out. It's it's been a tough year, a real tough year. Just not a lot of not a lot of mature bucks with with much for headgear. I don't know. Me and you were kind of talking. It's I've never seen a a year quite like it, but. Uh, I knew this buck was around. I've been getting him for, I've known about him since 2019, and uh, I just had to stay patient, and thankfully he didn't get killed, and uh, moved in late season, was able to take advantage of it. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I guess it kind of goes back to, uh, I mean, really, this stemmed back to last season. After I was on a pretty good buck early last year, and... Uh, long story short had two encounters with him within 40 yards just couldn't get a shot and he ended up getting killed by a neighbor on like november 6th or 7th i can't remember for sure and after that it's just been a a struggle i uh just can't find anything that i was really excited about hunting but i knew this buck would always show up late season and he showed up late last year uh normally he'd show up right around december 21st 22nd and that's about when he showed up last year and the issue biggest issue hunting him it's really super steep country that i'm hunting and hilly stuff down in southern ohio and uh he would bed on the neighbors and the only place you had a fighting chance of getting him in daylight was down in this huge bottom which as you know just as well as i do is an absolute swirl fest with your wind and uh took me about a month at the end of the season last year to even figure out how to hunt it without completely blowing everything out and finally figured it out but late season bare trees not much for options after one hunt i was busted so hunted him down to the wire but got uh came up empty-handed rolled into this year and i was hoping you know i had him in the back of my mind but was honestly hoping to get on something else somewhere early uh i don't like gambling like that on a buck that don't show up till late december because realistically you're not going to know until late december whether or not he's alive or dead so you wait all year and if he gets killed on you know november 5th you're not going to know and you just wasted your whole season so I was looking for something else, and I, I i don't know. It was terrible. I mean, there was some mature bucks. I'd say there was three to five, four to six-year-old bucks that I knew about on the properties that I can hunt, but nothing. I don't even know that there was one over 140. They were, Most of them were anywhere from 115 to 135. So kept looking, knocking on doors. I've seen a lot of big bucks from the road driving around scouting stuff this year, but getting access to hunt them was next to impossible. I did get permission on a couple pieces, but nothing there that I was interested in trying to hunt. So just kept picking away at it. And uh, now, Landon, not to not to cut you off, but I want to I want to run through a couple things here real quick before we dive more into this buck. What do yeah, you yeah. do? Tell everybody what you do for work and a living because your your background, you've kind of set your life up around hunting to be able to hunt a lot 
and be able to hunt kind of when you want, which I think is important. So give us give us a breakdown. We we got all pumped up, dove right into this. Give us a little bit of a, <laughs> of your background, just so people can kind of understand because you're a you're a blue collar guy that's put. Okay, bow hunting big bucks is kind of the center focus. I want to figure out how to do that a lot effectively, have the time, have the money, have, you know, the resources to do that. So give us a rundown before we get, jump into this season of kind of what you do, what your background is, because I think that'll help a lot of people out because you're a blue collar dude that's working, um, still have a, a social life, girlfriend, all the things, plus you're trying to kill specific bucks every year. So, I mean, kind of give us the breakdown out of all that. Because I think that plays into, like I said, you know, sort of your success and kind of how you're juggling all this. It'll make more sense for people, you know, that are out there like, well, does this guy even work? Because, yeah, you do work, but you also <laughs> hunt a shit ton, too. But you've set yourself up that way. Right. So by trade, I'm a, a CNC machinist. Uh, I went through a four-year apprenticeship when I graduated high school. And I guess what kind of led me down that path, you know, nothing against people that go to college or anything like that. But when you go to college for four years, generally you don't have the time to work. Or if you do have the time to work, you're not making, you're not making a ton of money. So for me, I wanted to get right out of high school and get into a trade, some sort of job where I could make, you know, a fair living, but still have the time to go and do the things that I enjoy to do. So you know, I finished that four-year apprenticeship. I now work night shift, which makes it a little bit tougher just, you know, hunting during the week and whatnot. But I don't know. It's I don't have to work very many weekends. I get a fair amount of vacation. Uh, and, and that's the number one thing with any of this is having time. If you yep. don't have the time, you can be the most skilled, best hunter in the world. And, you know, that's number one. you got to have the time to do it. And, honestly, you got to have – a little bit of the funds to do it i mean hunting equipment ain't cheap these days if you want to be able to afford to pay for a lease or go on some of these western hunts i mean even doing it yourself it's not necessarily cheap so you know you kind of got to find that fine line where you got the time to hunt but you got a decent decent living i'm not rich by any means but you know i make a fair living and uh enjoy what i do and i get a fair bit of time to do what I do. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think that's important because that, that plays into, you know, kind of you setting your life up around being able to hunt a lot and, and do the things that you love to do. I think that's important. You know, I think there's a lot of people out there that it, you know, that they, they love to hunt, but they're afraid to maybe make a jump or make a move or change or do something to where they can set their life up to do more of that. You know, they're kind of living inside this box that they never get out of. And, and it's, you know, exactly. it's cool that right out of high school, you're like, nope, like, fuck the typical box. I'm going to go out and figure out how to what to do and how to do it to be able to then enjoy what I love to do as much as I can. So and, and I think that's important because you hunt a lot, but you're able to hunt a lot because you've set yourself up that way from a young age. Right. And you got to have a an understanding family and uh oh yeah you know if if, if your wife sucks you, you ain't killing big bucks i mean i'm missing a lot of family stuff a lot of friend stuff whether yep. it's during hunting season or outside of hunting season you know most of my weekends are spent you know i live an hour and a half from you know the, most of the farms that i hunt so it's you know so a lot of times i don't have time to do a lot of this summer prep work throughout the week i mean if you don't have, if you're not with people that are accepting of that, they're going to be miserable. You're going to be miserable, and you're just not going to have the chance to be successful, flat out. Right, and then you're going to end up like Doug and just be single and just a drunk, <sighs> just a drunk, and, and have a killer stash though. I can, yeah, you're right. He does have a killer stash. That's true. And I mean, you know, there is the mystery girl that he's got now that you know we can't really say who or what or when or where or why, but. So I guess I mean I guess things yeah things things are looking up for him. But regardless though, regardless you know regardless he does have a good stash. We'll 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 give him that. Shout out shout out to old one slug. We love you. Old one slug, Doug. (laughs) Old one slug. All right. So going in now, let let's let's jump back into. So going into this year, you talked about Landon. I think that this is important, and I want to pick your brain on something. So this buck that you end up killing this year. You yeah. weren't really figuring on 
hunting, you know, making him your target buck because he's living on the neighbors. Um, it's hard to hunt him. You're dealing with a big bottom is the only place you might be able to kill him, which thermals are just a complete fucking shit show in, in, mm-hmm. in bottoms, especially in the hill country you're in. So, um, I'm a firm believer and I, I want to get, I want to pick your brain on what you think. I'm a firm believer that, you know, a lot of bucks, they'll rut a specific place. They're going to summer a specific place. They're maybe going to winter specific place. And if you're not in amongst one of those areas, you're kind of fucked on killing him. Now there's other bucks that always are on a farm or always are homebodies, but I feel like every year I'm finding more and more mature bucks that I'm hunting or targeting. They are not homebodies and they are, they, they roam a lot. Um, I, the last couple that I've killed, you know, they did not rut realistically where I was at. Um, I had to kill them either right off the rip or kill them in the fucking cold and snow, which I'm praying to God we get for the rest of this year. But the, the, the rut, uh, October, November, even into December, they were gone. And I mean, gone as in like not even trail cam photo gone. So that, so they were non-existent to my knowledge. I don't even know if they were spending hardly any time at all on my farms. Do you feel like a lot of bucks are that way? I mean, what's, what's your take? Like, do you have a lot of bucks that are roamers like that? They're going to summer and winter in a spot and then maybe they fit, spend spring and fall different and it's like a rotation. Or do you have a lot of bucks that just usually stay there, live there, hang out there? I mean, I'm up Northeast Ohio, you're Southern. What what's your take on kind of that or or what are you seeing? I'd say it's almost like fifty fifty. Mm-hmm. I mean, I do have, and it's almost seems to me like there's certain properties where, for whatever be the reason, the bucks spend almost their entire life cycle there. And but I do have other bucks that, like my twenty twenty buck for example, I I watched him all summer on a neighboring farm, and every single year right around Halloween he'd move in for, and you know, I, there's plenty of does on both of these farms and he didn't necessarily make a big move, you know, and that's one thing that I've kind of noticed down there and I'm, maybe it's, I'm completely wrong, but it doesn't seem like down there the deer travel as far a distance as, as they do, you know, like I live up in Northeast Ohio and it just seems like they travel a lot more. And I, I guess what I kind of, in my brain have, broke it down to is down where i hunt there's essentially zero ag it's almost all timber there is some pasture ground hay fields and things like that but it's almost all timber compared to where i live is 85 percent ag and then these small little 15 to 80 acre wood blocks so the deer are forced to have to travel they might have to travel a mile to get to the next wood block compared to like down where i hunt they i mean there's bedding and does and everything they need. They can just live closer. They don't have to travel like they do around here. Now, that being said, I still do see bucks, you know, summer in an area. And a lot of times I'll see them winter in that same area. Then they have a a different rut range, but that, that range is a lot smaller. Like it's pretty rare that I see bucks traveling more than like, I'm going to say a mile, mile and a half. Now, I'm sure it happens more than I know about, but, like, I have properties that are a mile, mile and a half apart, and I never get any overlap on the two farms, whether it's two-year-old bucks all the way through mature bucks. But I will see them adjust areas slightly, like a half-mile move, maybe for whatever be the reason late season, whether it's a certain food source or there's a lot of south-facing slopes. A buck will spend his summer, early fall in an area, and then, you know, late season, we'll move to a different area. So I'd say it's about 50-50 between the two of what I'm seeing. Yep. I mean, I've killed bucks in late December that I've had on camera in that general vicinity from July 1st until the day I killed them. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, I've had bucks like this year that year after year after year after year, you know, I may get an occasional picture, but really don't move in until you know right around that late season time or i've had the same thing where they move in late october early november then they're gone by december 15th yeah no which i don't know i can't say that i know why they 
do, I mean, I'd love to know why, but I don't know. Certain bucks, I think it's just like a personality thing, or they they're just creatures that creatures of habit, and I don't know what causes them to do it, but I can I definitely notice it, and I think that's something that a lot of people don't necessarily pay attention to exactly when they're looking at their like I save all my trail camera pictures every year and I mean study them like it's a textbook because I've just seen so many times these bucks will show up almost to the day every single year and as long as they don't get killed or you know die a natural cause or whatever beforehand you can almost count on it that if they showed up on December 22nd last year within a day or two or three he's going to be back no, absolutely. And I mean, if you look at like mule deer migration and like how some of that, like I, I'm a big muley guy, which you already know, mm-hmm. and, and I follow that mule deer migration hard. And if mule deer can do what they do and travel, I mean, we're talking hundreds of thousands of miles and, and know where they're going and then come back in the summer, whitetails can move five to 10 and, 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 right. not, and it not even be a thing because I mean, they're not that different of an animal. I mean, brain structure wise, it's the same creature. You know what I mean? So it's a, uh, I think it is, I think there's a lot of it that depends on the personality of the buck and where the deer's living, you know, like where I'm at in Northeast Ohio and where I hunt compared to where you're hunting in Southern Ohio is two different types of terrain features and more ag, less ag. So I like to, you know, kind of pick your brain because you live up here but hunt down there so and i do i i agree i think you're spot on um i think your answer is damn near about how i would have answered it myself and i think if you went and asked austin and ross and kurt and some of the other guys i I think they would have a a similar view um you know and and what you brought up about trail cam photos and, and, and picking up on these things i think a lot of people i think they almost overlook or well, I think even, it's overlooked hundred yeah, percent. overlooked or, or even like um, it's like people want to, to like make a buck do something and they've got it in their head. Like, Oh, like I'm going to fucking kill this buck here. There's just no doubt. And they'll spend all year. And it's like, dude, if that buck's not living there, rutting there, bedding there, feeding there, like you something, you're not going to kill him there. You know, but, but it's like, you can sit there and, prep every stand and fucking run a hundred camp. I mean, you can do all that shit, but like if a buck decides he's going to bed 50 yards off the road and, and, and he's going to eat a hundred yards off the road and you're like, well, I'm going to go down in the timber a mile and kill him down there. Probably not. It ain't going to work. Yeah, probably not. I mean, the mother, I mean, the fucking deer is over here and, and you're like, it's almost like, uh, I feel like some guys are real big on this like narcissistic like way of thinking like well he has to be doing this he's got to be there no not really i mean actually he could do whatever the fuck he wants i mean like you know like he can go i mean you, you got to adapt to to what to what they're right. doing like yep in my in my personal opinion you're not going to change a mature buck's core area regardless of what you do i just don't think yeah, you're, you're going to do that. So, I mean, you can have the best property in the world. If that buck ain't there, I don't, in my opinion, there's nothing that you can do to get him to stay there. At least nowadays, there's so many people doing, you know, all these management practices, food plots. There's, I, I don't know. I don't think that you can change a buck's home core. Yeah. I think you have tough. to go hunt his home core. Yep. Yep. Or, Absolutely, no, I, I think you're spot on, and 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 where I'm going with this is it ties back into this buck because in your mind this was a buck that was going to be killable for about a four week span of maybe snow and cold in the late season, correct? Yep, and that was it. Yep. Okay. Well, well, well and then actually, I guess to back up a little bit. Yep. In the 1920, let me think about this so I don't screw this up. In the 2019 and the 2020 season. He was only there for about a week. Mm-hmm. He would move in. Late season. Yep, yep, Christmas Eve. And he was, I mean, pretty much gone by January 3rd. Last year, for whatever be the reason, he did stick around. Um, he got way less frequent after about the 12th or 13th, I want to say. I might be off a little bit on my dates uh, of January. 
but he did stick around a little bit longer. So, you know, realistically, I felt my best odds were from Christmas Eve until the new year. Now, how, if I didn't kill him in that window, it was going to get tough. How much of that were you basing off of off of weather? Like, in your mind, was he killable in 40 to 50 degree bullshit weather like what we've got right now? Or were you banking on, man, I've got to have this cold and snow? Obviously, that's better. On cold. Okay, yep, yep. Because right. even, even when he moved, you know, moved in per se, he was still betting on a neighboring property. And I felt that it was probably anywhere from... 250 to 350 yards from where I could hunt to where he would be betting. So on a 40, 50, 60 degree day, I just, the odds of him getting up and making it to me in daylight, I thought were pretty slim to none. Yep. Uh, That makes, that makes sense. I mean, when you, when they're not forced to get up because they're that hungry and that cold, I mean, they really, you know, they've been hunted for months and months and months through three or four seasons. It's like they really don't need to do that, nor do they want no. to do that in daylight. So, no, that makes... And I think snow is the the biggest. I mean, obviously, yep. cold temperatures are great, too. But the snow, when they don't have... When there's no snow on the ground, there's so much just natural browse that is... They don't They can get up in their bedding area and start eating on briars, whether there's, you know, there's normally couple acorns left over like they can just take their time compared to when you got that snow on the ground and it kind of cancels out not all but a lot of those natural food sources that they're forced to to get up and move yeah no i agree with that 100 percent. i mean and you know like if you go on a south facing slope right now um on 50 60 degree day and start rooting around there's little shoots and little sprouts and you got briars up oh fuck yeah especially when it's 50 60 degrees for a few weeks i mean those Mm -hmm. south facing slopes where they love to bed you've got a ton of fresh new shit starting to grow back i mean and yeah like you said they can get up walk around 20 yards from where they were just bedded and piss around till dark and then head to a field or a food source or food plot or you know whatever they're going to feed on um but no i i like I think you're the train of thought there with this buck is exactly how I would have been. Like, it's hard to make that buck your number one buck because he may not show up till the very clear end of season, but at least you had that card in your back pocket. So going into the year, you know, we kind of started there. Let's pick back up there. You're going into this year with him as kind of your wild card in your back pocket, basically. Yeah. I mean, if I had to pick a buck, I was definitely going to be him just because he right. kicked my ass late season last year but i wasn't willing to roll the dice and wait till the very end of the season you know i was i was trying like hell to find something earlier and it just you know ended up not working out and i had to you know wait on him but uh i get you know rolling through the season there was there was one buck on actually the same farm that I was kind of borderline on. I felt that he was probably a four-year-old, uh, pretty good eight-pointer, like, I don't know, low to mid-140s. And uh, I wanted to at least see him on the hoof, so I was kind of hunting. Honestly, I didn't hunt a ton this year. I spent more time running cameras, trying to get permission, than I did actually sitting on stand just because, I mean, if the buck – if there's no deer of the caliber you want to hunt on the property, it's kind of a waste of time to go sit there. So I figured my time was better spent driving gravel, trying to find bucks, knocking on doors, yada, yada, yada. But So what you're saying is you're against just bird watching, just kind of hanging out? Uh, I mean, yeah, I don't uh, – for me personally, I have zero confidence if I'm – I don't try to just go out there and get lucky, I I guess, because I don't have any confidence in that. And, I mean, I think hunting is a lot about confidence. If you're not confident in your set, I think it affects the way you hunt. Well, I was going to say, I, I mean, we're trying to get a sponsorship with Blue Chew. If you need confidence in the bedroom or elsewhere, we can fucking hook you up. I mean, hell, Doug and I. Mean, I, I bet it works for hunting as well. well I, maybe we should try it. I mean, shit, maybe that's what <laughs> I need to do. Maybe I need to start snorting Blue Chews and the big buck will appear. <laughs> Yep, buy them out. But yeah, exactly. Fuck, I need to. I need to put that in my little. Uh, I'm going to try to meet with them at the ATA show. I'm sure Blue Chew will be there. Oh, guaranteed. <laughs> but uh, so I, I guess hunting that 
I was kind of, you know, pissing around, hunting that eight a little bit, and uh, he was living in a similar area where this buck would eventually move into, hopefully. So what I did, you know, after I kind of figured out how to hunt this area and be able to make the wind work, there was very few trees that I could really get in, especially once the foliage was down. It was just wide open, mostly straight trunk trees. So I went in, I forget exactly when I did it, but, and I I hate hunting out of ground blinds, but I felt that my best odds in that spot was to get into a ground blind where I'd have some concealment because after one hunt last year in that area, I mean, every deer in the woods knew I was there and it pretty much ruined any chances. So I put a ground blind up and uh, I was a little bit nervous in a tree, you know, being up whatever 15 18 20 foot i had a i was up above the ridge just enough that my wind was working and i was a little bit nervous in this area that being on the ground in a ground blind that it wasn't going to work and i was still going to get those swirling winds so i did hunt it a handful of times in uh like mid to late november on a couple different winds just to kind of i wanted to have all my ducks in a row for if this deer showed up because i knew i was only going to get probably one to three good hunts out of it before it was toasted so i hunted it a couple times and it only worked on like a west and a southwest dead south it started to swirl a little bit anything out of the north was junk anything out of the east was junk so i was really really limited on the winds that i can hunt so after mid to late november i pretty much just stayed out of there ran cameras on it and uh I guess to back up even more, I did have a couple pictures of him for the first time on, I want to say it was either Halloween or October 30th. I got a couple pictures of this buck on a scrape. Uh, They were shitty pictures. Couldn't really tell much for what he was, but looked like he, you know, at least I knew he had made it through the season and made it up to that point. And uh, it looked like it was probably a buck that I'd be interested in trying to hunt. So I kind of kept that in the back of my mind. Fast forward to December 5th, I got one trail camera picture of him, and I want to say our first gun season went out on what, the third or fourth this year? It was within those couple days, yeah, so I, it was, I knew it was, that he had made it. It was somewhere right in around there, yeah, because I was like, I've always got that day marked on my calendar like, oh, fuck. Well, let's go see what bucks made it and what bucks yeah. didn't. <laughs> But I was I was glad to see. I want, it was the day after it ended, so it goes out on a Sunday. That Monday, and I, I want to say it was December 5th, I had one trail camera picture of him, so I knew he made it through that first first gun season. And uh, But, you know, we still got another shotgun season to get through before he would, you know, move in, move in. So I was optimistic, but kind of cautiously optimistic and, wasn't putting all my eggs in that basket quite yet but uh time went on and i want to say december 19th i got a picture of him and that was after that second shotgun season had ended and that's when i started getting pretty pumped up because at that point you could i could see that weather front that was coming in into the future and i'm like holy shit he's made it through all the stars are aligning. We got the most perfect weather you could possibly ask for, and it's lining up right in the week that he's going to move in. And I, I guess it made it even better. I work at a, you know, a big plant, so I get the week of Christmas to New Year's off work. So all the stars were just aligned, and I'm going to have the time. I get looks like I'm going to have the weather, and you know, as long as history repeats itself, he should show up. So I had a cell camera down in this area, and on the 23rd of December, I want to say 1 in the morning, midnight or something like that, he showed up, and he was back in there 1 in the morning, maybe 5 in the morning, and then he was actually there in daylight on Christmas Eve. And I was sitting at home. That's that day we had that, like, 40-mile-an-hour winds. and Yep. I mean, it was cold 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 yeah brutal and i knew in this at this spot my shot opportunities were going to be anywhere from 37 plus i was going to have to take a little bit longer of a shot so when i got those daylight pictures i had the right wind 
I'm like, man, tonight could be the night. So I went out, you know, bundled up. I, I like to shoot my bow with all my warm gloves on, all my hunting clothes, just because I have had it before late season where you put all that stuff on and you shoot a little bit different. So I try to make a habit to shoot my bow in them colder weather days just to make sure everything's good to go. And uh, I went outside and was shooting in the yard at, you know, anywhere from 37, 50, 55 yards. And it was, honestly, it was a shit show. It wasn't bad when it was just sustained, like, 20-mile-an-hour winds, but you started getting those gusts. I couldn't hardly hold on target. My arrows were blowing all over the place. I'm like, I I can't. I can't go in there. I didn't feel comfortable taking that longer shot in that wind, even though I knew he was probably going to be there. I'm like, it doesn't do me – it don't do me a lick of good to go sit there and see him and not be able to shoot or not be able to take a shot that I'm comfortable with. So I sat it out, sat at home, and uh, sure as shit, he daylighted that night, which, you know, I guess is a good thing that he's daylight active, but also kind of in the back of my head throughout the last couple of years, I've only gotten one or two days of daylight throughout the entire year, and I'm like – son of a bitch that might have been my might have been my opportunity but I don't know I just felt if I go in there and hunt him and can't make the shot then you're risking blowing him out blowing I mean there's a shitload of deer in this vicinity so every time you go in there your odds are getting less and less and less of killing him so I just felt it was the right call to stay out so I did and uh the following day, the winds were, it was still brutally cold, but the winds were dying down just a little bit. It was still gusty, but shooting my bow, I felt a lot better about it. So I snuck in on Christmas Day, and it just was not working out. The those sustained winds were fine, but it seemed like, and I don't know if this is something you've experienced or I'm making this shit up in my head, but when you get real gusty winds like that, I feel like there's like a backdraft. So you get a gust, and then it almost sucks back where it just came from, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I think – I I don't know. I feel like I experience – I'd rather have a 25-mile-an-hour sustained wind than 15-mile-an-hour gusts. Yep. Yeah, it's it's almost like a – it's like the tunnel effect. Like that backdraft almost creates like a tunnel effect to where you get the draft, and then you get like – it's like if you barely crack open – like your door to like your wood burner, that draft constantly will keep, you know, that fire going. But if you open it all the way up, you might get a huge draft, the fire's blazing, and then these little drafts come back through. So mm-hmm. you're better off just to have the door barely cracked and have a steady flow versus a just constant gust, then calm, gust, then calm. So yeah, no, I think you're spot on with that. And I mean, I've experienced that myself. So I think kind of where your head was at with that theory is, is, probably a hundred percent at least that's what i've noticed too so um yeah i don't think we're nuts for thinking that i I think that's you know i don't know what technical terms um yeah we're not fucking weathermen but yeah what no the the backdraft theory i i do think that's um i think you'd have a lot of big buck guys agree with that one for sure but uh i ended up getting out of there early because i it took it didn't take me very long to realize this this ain't going to work. I actually did get blew at by a handful of does and I'm like, this ain't, this ain't going to happen. I need, I need to get the fuck out of here. So I snuck out and, uh, I think it's a good thing that I did because after dark, there was plenty of deer in there. Uh, and he was in there again at like one in the morning that night on the cell camera. And, uh, I'm an early riser. I got up at five, five thirty on, uh, the 26th been sitting there drinking coffee hanging out and uh right at first light he was back in there for he wasn't there long but he snuck out maybe 7 15 7 30 something like that i'm like well he's gonna be bedded close the wind had calmed down a ton it was still pretty damn cold out but the wind had died down quite a bit and the wind had actually switched the previous couple days it was out of the west southwest which worked, but a southwest was ideal, and it switched out of the southwest on the 26th. So I, I was pretty amped up. I'm like, he he was pretty much doing the same thing that he did on Christmas Eve when he daylighted, 
He daylighted that morning. I'm assuming went back to bed relatively close. And I'm like, all right, it's game on. So kind of started getting mentally prepared for it. Went out, shot my bow quite a bit throughout the day. Was shooting really, really good, uh, which I think is important to get your mindset right, especially when you got to take a little bit longer shot like that, you know. On average, it takes about 30 days for a person to break their New Year's resolution. So if saving money was on your 2024 list, your odds aren't looking that great. Luckily, I have a 100% guaranteed way to save you money this year. Just switch to Mint Mobile. Right now, Mint Mobile has wireless plans starting at $15 a month. That's unlimited talk, text, and data for $15 a month. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and keep your same phone number along with all your existing contacts. To get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com WCB. That's mintmobile.com WCB. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com WCB. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Eating better is easy with Factors' delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, which is the one I like, and Keto. Get started today and get after your goals. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. No prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are are ready to heat and eat so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Head to factormeals.com slash waypointpod50 and use the code waypointpod50 to get 50% off. That's waypointpod50 at factormeals.com slash waypointpod50 to get 50% off. I, I haven't taken a ton of longer shots like that. I killed a buck in 2019 at 41. I shot a mule deer at 55, but beyond that, most of my shots at live animals have been 30 yards and in. So especially when you're shooting at your, your target animal, like, I don't know, I think it's important to, the day of the hunt, go out, shoot your bow, get comfortable, make sure everything's good. I think it just helps your mindset going into it. But yeah, no, I, I just, did that. I think that's I think that's smart. I mean, and and for anybody, I mean, even you know, even someone that hunts out west a lot and is practicing all the time at long distance and and has to make maybe some longer shots, you never want to overlook a thirty yard shot at a whitetail because there's a lot that can happen at thirty, let alone forty, fifty. I mean, there's just right. so much that can, and and they're on edge. They're wiry as fuck. They've been hunted all year. Like every bird that flies over, the, oh my god, everybody freaks out. You know what I mean? Like I had some does the other night. Oh, I had some squirrels. I had some doves take off out of this big. So I was hunting over a big time food plot, and and I had some doves take off. Um, and, and they just took off and flew over. And when they took off, every deer, there was 20 deer out there. Every deer literally damn near hit the deck and like ran in a circle and then like freaked out and then calmed down and was like, oh, it's just a bird. I mean, but, and, and they've heard a, three million birds take off in their lifetime, but like, right. because it's late season and everyone is just so on edge, Jumpy. the slightest little thing just fucking sets everybody into, you know, it's a volcanic eruption. So, yeah, I mean, the last thing you want to do is make a bad shot, you know, any time of the year. But in the late season, it can really, really be bad because they are – it's almost like they're antelope towards the end of season. I mean, and for for people who – for sure. Yeah, and for people that haven't hunted antelope, I mean, they can jump – not only jump your string, but they can duck, spin, and be headed north. And they were facing east by the time your arrow's even halfway there. I mean, I've had – antelope jumped me at 50 to where they spun out of my arrow and were already heading north as my arrow was just getting to the spot where they were even at. I mean, they're just that lightning quick, but they're always on edge. And I feel like late season whitetails, especially a big mature buck. I mean, they're just so lightning. They don't piss around. No, no, absolutely not. Yeah, they don't. Uh, they don't follow the, uh, the the new saying and the trend. Fuck around and find out. Yeah, they don't. They don't fuck around to find anything out. No, but, uh, 
so having those daylight pictures of them that morning, I was really, really confident going in. And uh, the way that he left from the camera, there's this – it's not a lot of cover, but there is this small band of cover that's kind of on the opposing ridge that I was going to be hunting. And uh, I didn't think it was out of the realm that he could potentially be going up to bed in that cover that day. So I changed my access up from my typical access – Basically, where I was, a little knob up above this bottom, and it was a just a slow ridge that ran up to the top of the main ridge. But to the left of me, as I'm sitting in the blind, there was a big ravine, ditch, whatever the hell you want to call it, that ran up. So rather than coming down that flat top like I had been in previous hunts, I snuck down through that ditch coming in. And the last, like, 15 yards to get from the ditch up onto the knob, I felt that I was going to be exposed. So I actually got down on my hands and knees and crawled and got into the blind. And I actually had deer that were down in the bottom in front of me as I was approaching and got in unscathed. And uh, I guess something else about late season, I don't in, in that terrain, it's steeper than shit. You, and if you get all sweaty walking in and that shit you're going to be miserable on those hunts so i don't i just wear my base layers walking in essentially and coming in from the road i had to climb a steep ridge to get up on top once i got up on top i sat there for five ten minutes and cooled completely down before i started making my way the rest of the way because i've learned in past years hunting cold weather like that you start getting sweaty and get your bottom layers damp and then you go to try to sit there for four hours. Good, good luck. I mean, I don't know, I guess a little tip that I've started to use, but it took me a long time to make my approach. I left my truck at twelve fifteen probably. And I didn't get into the blind till one thirty. but, uh, got in, had deer moving immediately and that was kind of one of the other problems with this area. It's a really, really high deer density, especially this time of year when they group up the way they do. It, it's not uncommon to see anywhere from 20 to 40 deer in a night, which they're, especially the mature does this time of year, they're wiry. They're looking for a reason to spook, it seems like. So that was kind of one of the other challenges that I was going to face was I got to get through this hunt with anywhere from 20 to 40 deer and I'm probably not going to see this buck until 5 five fifteen, you know towards the end of legal shooting time so I was kind of on pins and needles all night as all these deer were filtering through but fortunately for me it, it I didn't get busted which there was a couple times that it was getting a little bit hairy but it worked out and uh seeing tons of does couple little bucks and right at about five o'clock, you know, sitting in a ground blind, my visibility was kind of limited. And I looked off to my left where I anticipated he was probably going to come from. And, and here he come, he was at about 60, 65 yards in closing. So I've tried to self film my hunt. So I flipped the camera on and got my bow into position. And I honestly couldn't believe my eyes that, he was coming in and I just kept telling myself, do not fuck this up. Like you got him here. You see him like finish this, take your time and make a good shot. And, uh, very important, you, very important to do what you mm -hmm. just did right there. And, and I've had to do that many, many times over my career and I've learned it the hard way. And yeah, my, my last lesson was on a big white tail 10, 12 years ago that I rushed and fucked up on it like 23 yards. And, and I still have that in the back of my mind every time I draw back on an animal, what that felt like, how shitty that was. Um, and, and yeah, I, I keep that little memory right back there for moments like this where I'm like, okay, remember that back when you were 17 and how that felt and how fucked up that deal was? Okay, let's not repeat that. Here's your opportunity. Like it, and people think you're nuts because you're like, 
mentally like talking to yourself. Talking to but yourself. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I do that every time I draw back, whether it's a doe, a turkey, a big bull, a big buck, a mule deer, it doesn't matter. Every single time, like I, I'm walking myself through the process of, okay, let's not fuck this up. Here we go. I mean, I had it happen to me last year on, you know, that buck I talked about earlier that I was on early season. One of the encounters, you know, I probably could have gotten an arrow in them, but I let the moment eat me up so much that it it almost like paralyzes you sometimes. And I missed missed my opportunity flat out, Mm -hmm. and that still haunts me to this day. So I tried to really, as Mark Drury says, slow the game down. Mm -hmm. And I, uh, he finally presented me with the angle. It was, I didn't range him, but I pre-ranged the area at like 42, 43 ish yards. And, uh, I, I don't know about you, but I've had a ton of trouble with deer ducking my arrow like crazy, especially in this later season. Oh yeah. So I also ran it through my head. I held even probably a little bit lower on this deer than I maybe should have. I held maybe an inch or two up from the bottom of his belly and uh, took a deep breath and let it go. And it felt good, sounded good, but he ran about 15 yards, stopped, spun around, and was just staring up at the blind. And I'm like, I was, I thought I had clean missed him. And I was getting ready to spike my bow off the ground. I was pretty frustrated (laughs) with myself. Oh, fuck. I'm like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. I just had this what I felt was probably going to be impossible buck to kill in front of me. And I screwed it up, but I, uh, zoomed the camera in on him and got my binos out and pulled my binos up and I could see his tail flickering. And I'm like, all right, well, I definitely hit him, but I couldn't see my entry hole. And I thought maybe I'd hit him a little back or something. But after he stood there for no shit, probably a minute and a half to two minutes, and he'd get the wobbly leg and start to fall, then pick himself back up. And then get the wobbly leg and start to fall, then pick himself back up. And after, you know, a minute and a half, two minutes, he finally fell over. And I'm like, holy shit. Like, I, I did it. I, I fucking got him. <laughs> Nothing and, better than that moment. Fuck. You know, you start making the phone calls, and mm-hmm. I, I don't even honestly remember what I say or any of that of it. Uh, unbelievable yeah but, man uh, that, that's well it's crazy because when they act like that it's like okay i smoked him well fuck did i miss him it, it's like you don't you don't know for sure because it's either they're stone cold gonna die right there or you flat out missed and they literally don't know what the fuck happened and like you said like you're you see the tail flicker you're like okay well then should i had to hit him somewhere and then he starts getting the old the old one slug dug bar walk where it's wobbly leg and then hold himself up wobbly doing, leg doing yeah the watermelon doing crawl. the watermelon crawl exactly and 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 we've all been there a time or two so you know once you see that now you know okay well shit i i hit him good but that first 10 12 seconds when they react like that oh dude that's awful cuz you're like i smoked him uh fuck i didn't hit him it, it's you go from a to z and back and forth until something tells you like Okay, the tail's flickering. Okay, he's getting the wobbly leg. Okay, now we're good. But like for a brief moment, it's screwed up when they act like that because you're like, did I just clean miss this fucking deer? And he just doesn't know what happened. And I've never had one. That's actually the first time I've ever had one. I've hit deer back before that'll do the run 30, right. 40, 50 yards or yep. whatever. Then hunch but up. I've and... never had one that I've hammered react like that. So, you know, freaks me out for a little while. But yeah piled up literally right on the logging road that runs down through that bottom. I'm like, this could not have worked out any better. Yeah, that's awesome. Perfect. Man. Now, now give us, give us the rundown on that buck. What is he like? What's just for people that's, I mean, obviously I'll post, you know, photos and you got photos out there and whatever, but give us the rundown of like what he is. Um, if you taped him or not, you know, just some, some stats on him. So I believe him to be, a minimum of five and a half, mm-hmm. but I do think he is six year old, six year old buck. Uh, I don't know that I'll get him aged or anything, but he is a clean nine. He actually does have two little stickers off, one on each base that I didn't think were going to count, but they were both just over an inch. Uh, 
clean nine pointer, not crazy good beams. I want to say they're right around like 22. I think the one might have been 22 and a half. Uh, pretty good mass. Uh, pretty good. I think his brows are five, five and a quarter, somewhere in there. Uh, decent twos. Had a good three on his right. Uh, killer four, over seven inch four. But I guess what really makes the buck is he's super, super wide. He was just under 24 inches inside, uh, which is by far the widest buck that I've ever killed. That's badass, uh, man. Just, just a tank. Like I. I was a little stingy with him, but I taped him at like 154 and four eighths. Yeah, just a stud, just a fucking, just a stud buck, man. Like overall, oh, I'll, just I'll take a mid 150 every day of the week. <laughs> yeah, man, just a just a stud. Yeah, I'd cut off my left, maybe both my legs actually, because I, I wouldn't need him to shoot my bow. Currently, I could just get wheeled out there and sit. But mm -hmm. for a, a, a mature 150s buck right now, oh yeah, absolutely, yeah, and and just a hammer. I mean, he looks like a like a fucking you know mule deer walking across i'm sure walking into you you're like holy shit because he's so wide like, that's the first thing i noticed i was like god damn it he's yeah. wide he, he's got a he's got a bigger he looks bigger than what he what he really is just because his his frame but yeah big frame giant frame giant which frame. i like them wide frame bucks those are some of my favorites yeah, absolutely. I think they look the coolest. You know, in photos on the wall, they just look so impressive. You know, there's there's no doubt. Um, what uh, what would you say, Landon, on that buck? Um, and I think I already know what you're going to say, but I'm going to ask a question anyway. We're we're gonna we're gonna do. I've been doing rapid fire at the end of these, and it's been kind of fun with with guys here recently. Um, number one reason why you killed that buck. What was the what was the key? If if you had to pinpoint it down to one thing, I'd say not giving up. Staying with it, staying positive. Persistence pays. That's, yep, there's no doubt. Um, okay, entry and exit. How important is that in your mind? In, in in all the lists of things that it takes to kill a big buck, where is entry and exit? Is it more at the top, the more at the bottom? Where, where are you at with that? I, I'd say damn near number one. Okay, I'd have to agree with that. Yeah, yeah, I'd have to agree with that. Would you rather have killed this buck early in the first week with a early season coat still on him or grind it out and shoot him in the cold and the snow at 30 some, almost 40 yards and, and it'd be late like this, which would, which would have been the better way, man. I'll tell you, I love my early season hunting, but yep. it's, it's pretty sweet when you grind it out, makes it feel a little sweeter when you kill him late like that. Yep. I have to agree with that one too. There's no doubt. Um, You've been super consistent here the last couple of years with specific mature bucks, finding them, getting them killed, getting them patterned. Why? What's the number one reason? What's the one thing you've changed or done or you've really paid attention to? Or what's what's the one thing you would say you've changed from 10 years ago, 8 years ago till now? Because in the last 5, 6, 7 years, I mean, you've really fucking killed it, especially with mature bucks, figuring them out. You know, doing everything pretty much on your own. I mean, you got some good buddies and your dad and things and whatnot, but I mean, you're you're pretty much kind of running solo most of the time. What do you think's been that major key factor in in the success on specific bucks? Uh, it's really been a, I guess, a, just a progression. But if I depended on one thing, time and paying attention to the little details. Mm -hmm. Yep is i think what has changed you know putting in the time to to find one you know eight ten years ago i was yeah. happier with a you know a, a lot smaller caliber animal so mm -hmm. it didn't take as much time to find one yeah uh but just paying attention like the little things of this is when he's going to show up and having having things prepared in advance i guess and kind of timing your success compared to just hunting, 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 and hoping yep. that you have success. Nope, oh, that makes sense. What's uh, okay? You taking a thirty-inch wide mule deer, or you taking a twenty-five-inch wide whitetail? Hmm. They're both at fifty yards. They're both feeding. Twenty-five-inch wide whitetail. Taking twenty-five-inch wide whitetail. Okay. What? Um, oh shit! Oh, bucket list. If I told you you could kill one animal right now with your bow, what are you going after? Elk. Elk. Now, has it got to be a, a mega or just any good bull? 
solid six point. Solid six point. Now, is that is that in the works? Is that in the plans for? Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, actually, actually, I want to ask you that. What's uh, what's on the agenda for this year? Do you have any hunts scheduled or planned, or what's kind of your what's your twenty twenty three year looking like since we're in it now? Uh, I'm hopefully going to be going. I don't know, you know, kind of loose plans, but somewhere out west to a turkey hunt this year. I got nice. a couple of buddies that have never killed a Merriam yep. before, and uh, I killed one in Colorado, but I, I want to go back out there. Uh, hopefully, draw an elk tag this year. I've been putting in in New Mexico for the last three years and haven't drawn yet. Uh, building points in Colorado and Wyoming as well, but hopefully draw that New Mexico tag this year. If I don't draw that, I'll probably go back out to South Dakota yep. and hunt antelope again. Nice. I did that this uh, this September. Yeah, it's fun, man. As well. Yeah. Oh, it's the funnest funnest out west hunt I've probably been on, and I, I didn't kill. But it was a riot. Yeah, man, they're fun. A lot of stocks, a lot of plays, a lot of action. They beat the shit out of you, and you still get up and laugh because it's just that's all you can do. It's a good time mm-hmm. for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, um, Landon, it's been, man, it's been fun having you on. I was stoked about this buck when you sent me the photos and stuff. Um, got to be good buddies with you and, and, and one of your best buds, Garrett, there for mm-hmm. the last few years, and it's been fun. Garrett, oh, he killed a hell of a buck. That was what? Yeah, Garrett was, killed a slammer. That was before yours, after yours? Yeah, his was uh, the Sunday, a second shock. Sunday, a second shock. Okay. Yeah, I knew it was it was pretty close. Um you know they were both pretty close there in time frame. And what what his buck ended up going? It was a damn stud too. Right at one fifty. Right at. I, I figured it had to be close to that. Yep. Yep. Yeah, hell of a buck. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Two two studs there. Two two studs close together yeah. as far as both and, those and bucks. Blake, uh, his little brother Blake killed early this year. I oh yeah, that's right. He killed a buck. Yep. On a, another one of the farms that we hunt. Yep. Uh, hell of a buck. I, I, that's the first year. I think since 2013 that we all three killed in the same year. Yep. Yeah, I forgot so about Blake's. A, it's been a banner. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, you guys have killed it. Um, putting in a lot of work, a lot of time, though. I mean, you guys are smart with what you do and, and what you're doing, and, and you guys got a good thing going down there. And Yeah, I mean, it's been fun having you on, dude. I know it's been a lot of fun to get to know you over the years and, and, and really kind of watch what you're doing. And, I mean, I've just seen the progression year after year after year. You know, I mean, you've just really turned into – a big buck fucking serial killer and, and a lot of it's like you said you said it best you know just going back to attention to details and really paying attention and, and you got her you got her dialed in pretty good now as far as kind of what you like to do and what you don't and what you know what your strong part points are and i think that all plays into like you said just really getting after it every year it seems like you're always trying to work on your craft and yeah man it's paying off i mean these last five or six bucks you've killed i mean they've all been mature freaking hammers and and you know that doesn't just come with luck year in and year out i wish it did um but yeah, unfortunately yeah unfortunately it's just not uh it's not quite that simple so uh you definitely got well, the recipe it wouldn't be as fun if it was easy no no it really wouldn't it really wouldn't now are you going to put a film out for this buck because i know you've filmed some stuff in the past and put some videos out um of your hunts and stuff are you going to do something with this year's yeah i you know busy schedule i don't know when i'll get around to getting it all edited up uh i actually just posted blake's i filmed blake kill his buck this year i was gonna say i just put it out yesterday now are you still running your your well actually just go ahead and give us the plug for your your uh social media youtube and instagram and all that just where, where can people find you and kind of follow you guys uh my instagram is landon thomas 141 uh facebook just landon thomas and then my uh youtube channel is d and sign l outdoors nice and i don't post on there you know off you know every once in a while i'll throw a video up of a buck or a turkey or whatever but not real consistent there yeah, it takes a lot of time to do those. I know Kurt's been hustling on on our YouTube and, and doing things, and um, you know, I usually stick more to the you porn side and try to get it, you know, keep yeah. it going. But Kurt's been running the YouTube, but he's been doing a good job, real good job. But yeah, he's been it, doing a real good job. Yeah, it takes a lot of time. People don't realize how much time goes into, you know, um, editing reels and clips and and trying to get the you know YouTube. So I mean, there's yeah, the the amount of content. I couldn't imagine. 
Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. The amount of content not that, real technologically advanced. No, I feel yeah. That's been the hardest thing with me and in, in this gig has has been a lot of that stuff is just figuring all that shit out, you know, because that's not always been my strong suit. Um, but it's been nice, you know, to have Kurt show me a lot of that stuff. But when you start putting together videos and clips and and things for like YouTube and stuff, I mean, people don't realize how much goes into that. I mean, to make a good one, there's a lot of bullshit that you got to go through. It's not just plug and play and, Oh, look in five minutes, I got this 15 minute video done. Like there's a lot that goes into that, but, um, no, that's awesome. And yeah, I know I want to watch that one of, of Blake's cause I remember you said you filmed his and yeah, it'd be cool. Definitely cool to watch that. Hell yeah. For sure. Well, yeah, my man. Well, hey, keep me updated this year on hunts and, and stuff. And, uh, yeah, man, hopefully you draw that coveted New Mexico elk tag. I've been lucky in, in drawing that twice and killed some bulls down there. And that's, uh, man, that's about as good as, as the elk rut can possibly get down there. I don't I don't know if it gets much better than that. That's a that's a tag to I'm, have there. I'm really hoping. I uh, That's for sure my next big one. You know, I've, I've killed a pretty good mule deer, mm-hmm. uh, killed a decent bear. I killed an antelope, but that that was a rifle hunt. But that's elk's kind of my next thing I really want to check off before I move on to anything else. Absolutely. Well, hey, man, been a blast having you on, dude. I hope, uh, fuck, I hope some of this is going to rub off. Maybe a little bit of that Landon Thomas love and luck's going to sure. rub through the, through the airways and come in through my mic and rub me on the head because I'm uh, – yeah, I'm searching this 40, 50-degree weather isn't exactly helping me out, but I'm going to see what I can muster up here in the next few weeks. Hopefully after this podcast, the luck of Landon's going to maybe hit me and, and I'm going to have a 160 show up tonight, and then it's going to be fucking game on. You, you got time, plenty of time. You'll get it done. I got time. No doubts. I just I got to be like... I got to be like the legend of Landon. I just got to keep, I, hey, I got I to listen to my own slogan. Don't fucking settle and just keep pounding it, and sooner or later that luck's going to come over, right? Yeah, eventually, it all time persistence pays off. You'll get it done. Absolutely. Well, hey, man, thanks again. It's been a blast. Catch all you guys next yeah, thanks week. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely, Landon. You guys all know what to do. Keep after it. Don't fucking settle. We'll talk to you next week. Files.